Are you ready to open your private practice this summer and make the leap into entrepreneurship? Introducing Make the Leap, our new offering by the Successful Nurse Coaches. Make the Leap is a four-month group coaching program that is designed to help you create your first paid client. Join our experienced lead coaches, Sean and Amy, as they guide you through the Successful Nurse Coach Method, helping you create your first paid client in 30 days or less. Not only will you get access to our course that teaches you all the things on how to create clients in a non-icky way, will also be personalized mentorship, weekly group calls, and actionable steps to launch your business from just beginning into the Paid Coach Club. Since we are not running new mentorship groups this summer, we didn't want to leave those of you who are ready to begin hanging out in space waiting for the next group to start. This group is a great way for new coaches who have yet to begin their coaching practice or for coaches who have five paid clients or less. This is the most affordable way to work with our team. So be sure to check out the link in the bio. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby, both board-certified nurse coaches, show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. Hello, and welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. It is Shelby and Laura with you today. And we're going to be talking about like every coach's worst nightmare today. Uh, We're going to be talking about what to do when a client is unhappy. And I'm here to just go ahead and burst the bubble here that this is going to happen. If you are a coach long-term, this is expected. This happens. It is not the end of the world. And we are going to give you a little bit of a blueprint on really kind of how to handle yourself in these moments of when your client is unhappy because it can be a bit of an emotional ride. Uh, So we're going to cover all the things today, managing your own emotions, what to do when this happens and what we've seen work for Laura and myself. um, And also talk about taking some radical responsibility here as well so that you can constantly learn and evolve as a leader, as a coach. um, And we're excited to jump in this. We have been wanting to record this episode for a while and today finally finally felt like the right time. So yeah, Laura, you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. So I recently watched one of my mentees go through a version of this and she was so transparent and so honest about the feelings and the experience of the first time it happened. And it really mm-hmm. made me reflect on the first time it happened to you and I, Shelby, in, in the few times that it's happened where we lost sleep, where we couldn't eat, where mm-hmm. it was like a really big deal, like a real big emotional deal. In fact, probably the most intense emotional feelings that I've had in the last three or four years have been around this, which is crazy to think about. And um, so we really want to acknowledge that this can trigger a lot of old stuff for you, lots of different emotions. We're going to go through some of the emotions um, just to normalize it for you so that when this happens to you, that you can remember this podcast. And when you're in anger or sadness or insecurity or fear or whatever emotion of the day that you're experiencing, you'll remember mine and Shelby's voice saying, 
We've been there. It sucks. It's normal. You're going to be okay. And we're also going to give you a framework of how to work through it mm-hmm. so that it's it's not as difficult as it was for Shelby and I when we, we first encountered it. We had each other. Thank God. Yeah. Oh, I'm like sitting here just kind of like, and luckily, like this is not common. This is not something that you're going to have to deal with every week or even every month, but just like how potent these moments are on my brain and on my body memory. Like I'm watching my memory, like flip through the Rolodex and I'm like, Ooh, yeah. Ouch, 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 ouch. Like even as I'm remembering them. Yeah. Uh, and also spoiler alert, every time this has happened, it has been an invitation for Laura and I to up level in some way, shape or form Mm -hmm. in our business as coaches, as, uh, you know, people with employees like this, um, (laughs) You have all signed up for a lifetime of personal development work in this field, and this is this is a part of it. Um, but yeah, I hope I hope that this is a soft place to land if and when this happens next. Yeah. So I feel like for me, uh, and we're not going to get into too many details. We might give some hypotheticals of really common reasons why clients could be unhappy, and and maybe even walk through how to deal with that. But. Essentially, it usually comes in a DM. Yeah. Okay. It's an it's an email or a DM, and there's a energy to it that feels different, and it's almost shocking because it seems to be out of left field. And they've worked up the courage to tell you how they're really feeling, and they may or may not have a whole story about who you are and and why it is the way that it is. And there's this immediate feeling of anger because I felt misunderstood mm. because of right? Because of the way that it was brought up, I immediately wanted to defend and make my case because within the message, they implied something about me that was untrue. Yeah. Um, and, and primarily, probably the true thing is that I care too much and then getting a message that I don't care enough. And so <laughs> anger was one of my big first ones. Then it turned into sadness, like really like feelings hurt. Like really, my feelings are hurt. I'm sad. Fear that I suck. Like mm-hmm. fear that, oh, actually I suck and maybe I'm not clear with my communication. And then imposter syndrome, like who do I think I am? I'm in over my head. Um, and then insecurity, which can last and last for a long time if you don't work it out. Mm-hmm. Like I think you and I even said we had like PTSD from our first experience. We're like, because every time we got like a, a rogue message, it's like, no, 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 no. Not again. I don't I want to sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, oh man, I, I just have so much appreciation for the people who have reached out to us. Right. And who have felt safe enough to verbalize yeah. their feelings. Like I have to remember that, right. That even though this, this sparks like a cascading effect of emotion for me as well, um, that like there at least is that safety within our container to where people feel good about using their voice. And, um, that's kind of the point, right? That's the essence of it. And because coaching practices or the way that we facilitate our coaching business and encourage others to facilitate theirs is a relationship built business. Like relationships are inherently like a little saucy from time to time. Like they ebb and flow, they, and, and just if we didn't have the communication piece, it'd kind of all go to hell in a handbasket. So 
If you receive a random DM or random email, your clients come in hot and heavy. It's because they had to perk up the courage to to be brave enough for 15 seconds to type that to you. Um, Take a little comfort in that, that you're glad that they reached out, that you're glad that you know, because I can almost bet that anyone would rather know than be kept in the dark because that's just like big time room for resentment. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I remember the first time we had to navigate this, Laura, and I had to go to the dentist that day as well. And so like we got a group message. I was on my way to the doctor and I got to the doctor and my face was red. Like I caught myself in the mirror and my face was red. They took my blood pressure at the dentist's office and it was like unbelievably high to where they were worried about me. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like I just have some work stress going on and obviously I'm not handling it really well. (laughs) Um, And my go-to of when the response is really big is I didn't do this before, but I do this now to where I just send up flares like to everybody. I send a text to Laura. I send a text to my two coaches. I get on their calendar as soon as possible. I tell my husband, I freak out and I just kind of like let myself freak out, right? I'm not going to add extra judgment on top of myself for being human. Um, But I go to my mentors ASAP, like the, I need to process so that I can have a clear head and come in from a neutral space. I almost never respond to the message immediately. Like I try to see if I can talk it out somewhere first. Um, and this is, we walk through with our clients a lot with this too, of like, what should I say? Or they said this, and it made me feel this way. Um, but that is something that you and I both do all the time. Yeah. Is to pause and Mm -hmm. check in. Um, and then anytime I think you and I have a major emotional response, like we're curious. Yeah. And because I have some frameworks from which I live my life. So I know if I'm having that big of an emotional response that I'm living outside some frameworks and there's some hidden weird limiting beliefs and thoughts and, or trauma and, or memories and, or stuff mm-hmm. that I, it's like, God's like, there it is, Laura, there's the next one. There's <laughs> the next little bag of gold that you get to uncover and get through because those are all required to be cleared, to go where we're going in business and in life and in success. So every time we have the perceived over emotional reaction to the stimuli. It's just get super curious. Mm, Yeah. Good advice. Good advice. Yeah. Oh man. I wish I could tell Shelby that like three or four years ago. (laughs) We were little baby coaches. Just, just, we pummeled through it, but it was, uh, it was deeply uncomfortable because we just didn't know, you know, we didn't (laughs) know that this happens. I mean, I guess we kind of thought it happened, but I think we all secretly think it's not going to happen to me because I'm so great. And my clients are so great. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So normalize that it will happen. And also I want to say that in numbers of people, when you when you're serving in the hundreds of people over time, there are, people are going to be human and have human experiences that you can't see coming that you're going to have to endure. Mm-hmm. And that's put your big girl pants on, get the support that you need, throw the flares up. Like Shelby said, get super curious and just chalk it up for a lesson and along for the ride. Yeah. It's, it's normal. Yeah. I think about one of my very first clients that paid me in full and then bounced 
after like six sessions, she emailed me and said, I have gotten all the support that I need. I'm done. And with like kind of no elaboration and that I was like, that is so weird. Like I, what is that? And I never got to find out because she stopped responding to my emails. Like, I'm not going to make you keep coming to coaching conversations if that's not what you want to do. Yeah. You already paid me. I'm not like, I have a no refund policy, which I told her, I said, Hey, I don't have a refund policy for a reason. It's for exact moments like this. Can we at least have one last chat to see like if anything's coming up for you or to like close the loop? And I never heard from her ever again. So there is a lot of opportunity for healing in conversation if people are willing to have it. But yeah, sometimes you just don't get it. You just, you just have to like attend to yourself and move along and not let it mean too much. Yeah. And I've had a client do that too, where I was going to, I was prepared to give her her full money back. It was for group coaching. She'd only come to one or two calls. I had offended her on the call and, Mm -hmm. and she just never talked to me again. And she had paid me in full. And I reached out multiple times because I really wanted to give her a refund because I really, after knowing her a little deeper, I didn't think it was the right space. And so I was going to make an exception, but I couldn't give a refund without a conversation. Um, Yeah. Right. Cause I couldn't amend our agreement. My word is my bond. I was really working on my integrity at that point. So that's really interesting that that can also bring up feelings is that mm-hmm. someone can pay you in full. It could be going great. And then they never like they drop off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still think about her from time to time. Just yeah. like, man, I wonder, I wonder what happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So going, going to, um, a mentor that has more experience in you that can talk you off the ledge that can provide some perspective can just be a really easy way for you to regulate and get out of your own mental spiral it can be super, mm-hmm. super helpful. Um, yeah. And then this is kind of the piece that I think can make or break you as a coach and can also bleed into your business as well. Even if you think your client is 100% in the wrong, you still have to take 100% responsibility. Like your client is going to have to take radical responsibility and you are also going to have to take radical responsibility to get to a solution. And um, I'm borrowing these numbers from Gay Hendricks who wrote The Big Leap. And the point he makes in the book um, is essentially like, If you're only working with 100% accountability split between two people, there's always going to be someone who takes on more, who takes on more responsibility, who takes on more of the healing efforts, more of the repair efforts. And it just doesn't work because then the person who takes on left or takes on less slips into victim mode. Yeah. And there's just not a way through there. Um, And he even makes a point in that chapter of the book talking about that people will race to be the victim. Like a problem comes up and then you both like sprint to who's right and who's wrong. And in coaching, it's different. You, you both are like, okay, this thing came up. Let's get curious about it. You have to take responsibility for your stuff and how you showed up and played full out and did all those things. And then also as a coach, I get to do that too. Like, is there anything that I could have done differently, done better, communicated more effectively? And you get to ask those questions with your client of like, if I was unclear, can you just tell me like where, like the, the level of transparency can be crystal clear here so that there's room to move through it together. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because it's really easy to slip into the, the drama triangle when you get the DM. Oh, for sure. Right. Like immediately you feel like the persecutor or maybe you feel like the victim. And what's the third spot? Persecutor, victim. Persecutor, victim. And then there's a hero. Hero. A rescuer. Yeah. Um, ooh, and I love to just slip right into rescuer in that, right? <laughs> like that's a, a noble place to be in the triangle is to save the client's happiness because it's all up to you. So just notice when these things come up, what your tendency is, and also maybe reflecting in your life and your personal life, when drama happens, when things come up that are unexpected, is there a role that you tend to be more comfortable in? Um, and I feel like coaches, we tend to go into rescue mode. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. We have to be super, super careful. And for those of you who are like, what the heck is drama triangle? Google carp. Is it Cartman? K-A-R-P-M-A-N drama triangle. It's like a psychology theory from, I think the sixties or the seventies. Yeah. And there's a lot of research. There's a lot of studies. We won't regurgitate that here, but, um, as coaches, we can like the the lower version of ourself is to slip into that hero mo- mode rather than staying in integrity and staying in the coach mode to empower your client so that they don't stay in victim mode. Right. Um, and yeah, like I said, there's a little bit of nuance to that. So feel free to, to check it out. But um, it's so easy. And I think that even now, Laura, like I kind of need a minute to be. I need to like hit the victim button for a second. And I'm like, God, this sucks. And I hate it. Yes. And, and then, and then that's why I don't respond immediately. Cause I know that I'm not coming from my truest self, the place I want to come from. I cannot respond to a text when my cheeks are flushed. I can't even offer to get on a call when my cheeks are flushed. Cause I just know that I'm filtered in a way I don't want to be. Um, so that that's usually my process is to go to my coach, my support system, flush it out, regulate, get back into, um, coach role and then get on a call. Yeah. Yeah. I usually go victim mode to my husband. He's the safest. (laughs) I think you and I do it to each other a little bit, but we don't, we don't go full force usually. Um, but we, we, I haven't noticed. Yeah. We, uh, I think we enjoy it a little bit. Like you just indulge a little in the whole, <laughs> but like also it doesn't feel good. Like when you're living mm-hmm. with integrity, when you're self-aware, when you're walking the coach's walk, it like doesn't feel good to be in any kind of drama in any no. area of your life. So uh, even if you go indulge for a minute, it's like eating a, a piece of cake that's way, way, way too sweet. And you're like, ew, that's not like, I thought that's what's going to make me feel better. But yeah, for sure. For sure. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So Laura, how, (laughs) if we could give some advice of how to resolve this. So we've kind of like walked up to the point of the emotional roller coaster of how it can look. So you get the support. Now you're back to your normal self. Then what, what's the next part? Gosh, I have like done this part like a boss a few times, like, I'm like, damn, who is this girl? Look at, look at this coach, look at the CEO, look at her handle this. And then half of the time I'm like a little girl, like, I don't even know what to say. Like, I don't know how to feel. So also want to acknowledge that every time this happens, we, it could hit us at a different space in our life, in our cycle. And 
in an up and mm-hmm. a down and a valley and a peak. So I've handled it in both ways. But one thing I want to say, and I think we've said this, is don't respond right away. And you always want to get the client on a call. Yeah. And you want to have that message to get them on a call as short, as direct as possible. Because a lot of times the client doesn't want to get on a call because mm-hmm. they're really uncomfortable. And so the faster that you can just get it scheduled, the better. And the better it will be for you too. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently had this happen where I couldn't schedule a call with the client for like five days. And it just, there's residue for five days. Yeah. Um, and I, it, so I prefer to handle it that day or the next day at the latest and I'll move things around to handle it. So schedule the call, be super direct. Um, and then before the call, uh, check in and see what you could have done differently. And so what I usually like to look back at is when I enrolled the client, the agreements, um, where was I unclear? Um, is there any element of people pleasing that I've had within the coaching container with them? Just being aware of our dynamic, our personal dynamic between me and this other human um, and reflect on what any of that could be showing me. I feel like some clients don't hurt my feelings as much as other clients. Um, mm-hmm. And that all has to do with the, the the type of relationship that we have. And we have different relationships with different clients. So also noticing if this one is particularly stinging, getting curious about that. Like why? Mm-hmm. Because um, others maybe don't sting you as much. You're super clear on what the next right step is. You're kind of detached and in leadership. Um, yeah. So reflecting back, making sure, seeing where could you have done something differently if you have data on the problem. If you have no data on the problem, then just go to the call open and ask as many clarifying questions as possible so you can actually understand the problem. Mm. I feel like a lot of times we assume, oh, I did this the other day. We assume it's one thing, make up a whole story about why they're unhappy, and then you get on the call and it's actually something completely different because you didn't know oh, yeah. information. Yeah, for sure. This literally happened to me yesterday. <laughs> of, <laughs> of Well, actually on Monday. So on Monday morning, I woke up and... Uh, we have 40 mentees starting in January. This is like the biggest group of mentees we've ever had. We are trying so diligently to cross our T's and dot our I's and get everything ready to go. I'm also having a baby in January. So like we got a lot of, we got a lot of irons in the fire. Laura is going to be, you know, captaining the ship while I'm below deck. But, um, I woke up at five 30 in the morning on Monday and I was like, someone that I enrolled into the mentorship group isn't clear on how that's going to play out next year. Someone's not clear and I can't remember who it is. And so instead of hiding from that thought, I was just like, we gotta, I gotta, I gotta find this person. So I sent out an email to everybody and I enrolled and I told them exactly what I'm telling you just now. Like, Hey, I just woke up. I'm blaming pregnancy brain. But if this email is for you working on clarifying how next year is going to work, please let me know. All of the emails I got back were like, nope, I'm crystal clear. I'm all good. Everything's, I can't wait to start. I'm so excited. So then I thought, started thinking I was crazy. But then (laughs) someone emailed me back yesterday and was like, I didn't know this. And they were also having like a really hard day. So they like read this information while also having a really hard day. And I could just tell by her email, she was saying things like, I don't know how I'm going to pull this off next year. I just, I'm so overwhelmed. And in that moment, I knew like, 
that I can't respond via email here. I have to just call her. And so I said, Hey, can I call you later this afternoon after, after um, a session I was in? She said, yes. And we got on the phone and I was really prepared to offer her an out. Like yeah. I was going to be, I, cause bait and switch is not the name of our game. So if it didn't feel in residence with her anymore, I was going to let her out. Um, but I just held space and I said, what's going on? I can tell that there's a lot on your plate right now. T- catch me up. It's been a couple of weeks since we've touched base. She was able to debrief and kind of like vent and, and move through it. We came up with a plan to get her some support from now until January. And I was like, okay, I want to, I want to also now talk about the mentorship. If you want out, I want to, I want to let you out. I don't do this ever, but like, I also want it to feel good to be in this space um, and be the support that you want. And she was like, oh my gosh, absolutely not. I definitely want to be, I'll, I'll be in the space. I'm ready to go. Thank you for calling, et cetera, et cetera. To where before that call all afternoon, I had created a different story about how I was going to have to refund her and I was going to have to send her an amendment for the contract and all this (laughs) stuff. And I messed up and all this, all these things when that just like, wasn't the case at all. Like the email just landed on a rough day (laughs) for her. And I kind of all think that that's on purpose so that I could spend that 15 minutes with her and, and we could regulate together. So that's usually how it plays out. Not always, but we, we often, nurses are really good about worrying about worst, worst case scenario. We're trained (laughs) to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So don't assume, get clear, um, work on the muscle of postponing worry. And I love Shelby, your term is like, that's future Shelby's problem, or that's future Laura's problem. Mm -hmm. Instead of perseverating and catastrophizing and really as coaches, we, need to become masters of our own thoughts. And so there's lots of tools to do this. This is just another opportunity to really walk the walk because Mm -hmm. we have clients that we're helping all the time with their thoughts and we have to manage our own as the coach as well. For sure. Um, So on this call, you call up your, you get the, the date set, you call up your client or it's a Zoom call. Shelby, what do you think are some really important elements of this call just to coach people through this, this call that they're showing mm-hmm. up to. Yeah. I think that my natural instinct and I have to fight it so hard. My natural instinct is to wanting to like roll over on the ground and just like people please until the cows come home on this call. So I have to very intentionally pep talk myself knowing that that's not actually what the client needs. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I start out and I set a pretty strong intention right out of the gate of like, Hey, thank you so much for reaching out. Your opinion means so much to me are before we even jump into the details here. I kind of want to set an agreement before we, we get into it of like, is this an issue you will want a solution to that we can co-create together? Or is this you telling me that you're done with our coaching comp, like very different dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had one where it played out to where they told me they were done. And then like more recently I've had it to where they're like, Nope, I want to find a solution. Let's, let's get it. And so that sets the tone. If you both know that you're headed for a solution versus if you're both just heading into the dark and you don't know what's coming next or kind of like what the end goal is. Um, so I think staying in leadership, not going into people pleasing mode right out of the gate and just setting it up of like, are we looking for a solution here? Are we looking for an out? Like how? Yeah. Tell me where you're at right now. Oh, that's so good. And 
if I had done that on a few calls, it would have changed the way I handled the call because I have had people come in super angry and they needed to be angry because they really didn't want to pay. Mm-hmm. Right. So like the intention of the call that the, the entire vibe was not, we're not going to solve this. I've made up my mind. Usually it has to do with, they are making payment. They're on a payment plan and they want out. And mm-hmm. so it's very much an attack kind of vibe. It, that's only happened once or twice. Um, that's very different than um, a call where you're trying to come up with a solution. So I love that because when the client said, actually, no, I'm, I'm done. I know I'm done. Maybe you, you in service to them, ask them a few more questions, but you also might just be thinking about how are we going to handle this? How are we going to deboard them? What am mm-hmm. I prepared to offer? What seems fair? And that's a very different conversation than um, how can I serve you? What, you know, is there any way that we can make this uh, be a blessing and mm-hmm. a way to grow both as your coach and as my client? Yeah. Um, and transparency. Like I, I just think that when you don't know what to say, just say what's true. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to overthink it. Just say what's true. Yeah. For you. Yeah. I have one, the the one time that this happened where a solution was not on the table. Um, but like this was, this was our last call together and we got clear on that. And she told me, she's like, I am just done. And I was like, can I share with you my perspective on that? And she said, yes. And I was like, this would feel so incomplete to me if this is the way that we ended things. Yeah. So because I care about you, because this does not leave a bad taste in my mouth. And it genuinely didn't. I was like, the door is always open if you ever want to close the loop here and and know that I'm ready. If at ever, like at any point you, you feel the need to close the loop. And that was the agreement we landed on. Um, for things not like working out in rainbows and butterflies, I still think that that was a powerful way to end. And it was yeah. honestly how I was feeling. Like I was like, damn it. Like this sucks. I, yeah, you know, we've put in all this time together and that's a little me being attached to the outcome, but, uh, that was just it. That felt good on my end to say of like, this feels incomplete. I don't like the way that this is ending. The door's open for you if, and mm-hmm. when you ever need it. Um, uh, and that is the last time we ever talked. Yeah. So, um, even recounting these stories, Laura, I'm like, God, it sounds like we've been through like war uh, like breakups you know like yeah I'm like shit um this has probably <laughs> happened less than I don't know eight times since we've partnered up together it's it's so minimal compared to how many yeah. people we've gotten the chance to serve but uh well yeah. let's talk about that so let's say that your client's unhappy you have the call you're doing all these things and that's where you land is that that you're complete and let's take two scenarios they're complete and you they're pay, you're paid in full or they're complete and they still owe you money. And how do you deal with that? Let's talk about those two scenarios. Um, mm. If in our community, if someone wants out and it's, it's not a very resolved thing, it feels unresolved and or they're still unhappy, um, then we deboard them from our program. We take them out of our Facebook group. We take them out of our community. We unfollow them on Facebook and we just make a really, really clean, energetic mm-hmm. um, tie. And, and that's really just to maintain our own energy to, we wish them the best energetically, but we don't need to be front row seat to their experience. Um, that's how we've chosen to do that. And then in private practice, um, 
I think the only thing that I've done in private practice with a one-on-one client that didn't end the best is stop following them on social media mm-hmm. um, because I didn't like the way it made me feel to see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And that's our right. That's to manage our energy in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. Yeah. It's not, it's really, um, has, it's just, <laughs> it's like, has nothing to do with the client as a human. It just has to do with like, I have to, I curate my social media to only elicit positive vibes, like most yeah. of the time. <laughs> so you get to be really, uh, kind of fierceless with fierceless. Is that a word? That's a- you, no, that's not the word I wanted. <laughs> you get to be really fearless with that boundary of, um, like, it's just, yeah, for our own mental health yeah. and it, it's not a negative wish on anybody. It's just like, I, I gotta protect my own heart and my own brain space. Right. Absolutely. Um, and then you have the other outcome that client still owes you money. And how do you address that on the call? Mm-hmm. And that's best addressed when you enroll them. Yeah. Right. Like that's what agreements and contracts are for. It's, it's, it's like a, uh, a prenup kind of, it's like, Hey, we both have the highest intentions. We both set agreements. You've signed, I signed. So we don't have to, in the heat of the moment and or in emotionally charged events, have to do anything because it's already been pre-planned. Um, in that case, I usually just say, I don't have a can't, I don't have a refund policy and this is how much you owe. How do you want to pay? Mm-hmm. And that is because I believe that if you say, don't worry about it, just don't pay me. It's not in service to the client. It's not about mm-hmm. the money. It's just not in service to the client to, to break your agreement. Now there have been um, circumstances where they've been, it's been more gray and we have given money back. And usually it's because I could identify some part in my enrollment process where I wasn't clear if I was clear. And if yeah. I can't be a hundred percent sure that, um, this client knew exactly what they were getting into, then I'm not going to keep their money. Mm-hmm. So, right. Like how, how do you feel about the conversation about refunds and, or, outstanding payments. Yeah. I feel like when I'm trying to think of a few like concrete instances. So like that one client back in the day, one of my first paid in full clients, um, I told her, I was like, Hey, I don't offer. And that was kind of like, um, a little, like my last ditch effort at motivation to get her on a call of, Hey, I don't offer refunds. Let's get on one more call. And she's like, Nope, I'm good. And that was that. Right. So I wasn't ever going to refund her, but, um, I knew that that was resistance in some way, shape or form. Um, and in the times where we have refunded people, I think it's only really happened once. And it was just so clear right out of the gate that this client did not want to be there. And it was breaking the integrity of the rest of the group. Like it was diluting Mm -hmm. the integrity of the rest of our, of our group space. And she had paid like half down, um, and was willing, basically she wanted anything. She would do anything to get out of the space and not have to pay. And so in that moment, again, kind of a gray area of like, I can't refill that spot and it sucks. Um, but in order to protect my other clients, like it just felt like the right move at the time. Yeah. Um, now I haven't had like this conversation in a really, really long time. Um, well, that's actually not true. I, I had a client who 
signed up for our business. I mean, our mentorship, which is, you know, business focused and she had a health thing come up and we had just a brief one-on-one session to where she was like, I know that this space is not really going to be used for my thyroid, right? Like I, I understand that. I also don't have capacity for both healing and business right now. And I don't know how long it's going to take to heal. Um, so she was like, do you want me to join another group at a later time? Should I even come to calls? Uh, and I just, I told her, like, we set a new agreement of you're here for a reason. Let's find out what the reason is. Whatever support that we can offer you in 15 or 20 minutes, like leverage the group space. There's a lot of amazing coaches in here, but I can't refund you in any way because then that's taking somebody else's spot in the future. And it would feel in, again, it would feel incomplete if I kicked you out of the space right now too. Um, And that's, that's the agreement that we landed on. And it's worked out really well. So um, I think that there are space for clarifying conversations of how, especially in a group dynamic, how people can still show up and hold space for their peers and receive the support that they actually need in the moment. Um, But had that, had she been like, I don't want to come to the call, that would have been a different conversation. And I still wouldn't have offered a refund in that, in that scenario. Yeah. And I'm just like sitting here listening to us. I'm watching you on video right now, like describe all these conversations. And I think back to when we launched our first group and we had our first unhappy client. Um, we've come so far. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm so confident in my ability to have difficult conversations where confrontation used to be like, oh, I hated it. Like I didn't even quit jobs. I just quit going. Like I didn't waste <laughs> the jobs. In my 20s, I would just like never come. I would just wouldn't come back to work. Like I just burn bridges everywhere because of my fear of confrontation, of letting people down and my people pleasing, Mm. like pathological. And now I'll give you an example of today. My car has been in the shop for a month. The dealership is just giving us the runaround. We keep calling and leaving messages. They say they're going to call us back. They haven't called us back. So for 30 days, my car has been at this place and I have no diagnosis. So I tell my husband, I'm like, I'm driving down to the shop to have a conversation with the owner, like yeah. a really, like a really difficult conversation. I'm not angry. I just, I need to know why, because I know as a business owner, he knows this isn't cool. There's got to be a reason. I want another reason so I can understand and let's problem solve together. And Evan goes, oh, that's really good. I'll go, I'll go right now and I'll try that. <laughs> And it's being resolved. So this is a beautiful skill. It's a beautiful life skill. Having difficult conversations and confrontational conversations doesn't always have to be bad. It can be incredibly healing and mm-hmm. wonderful for our clients. And it can be a defining moment. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's a really good point. I kind of want to like land the whole episode here of, oh, I think it was a podcast, but with, oh, it doesn't even matter matters a little bit. I'll remember later and I'll update y'all, but they were saying that like, there is peace in the truth. Like there's healing potential in the truth. And so while confrontation and these direct conversations might have had a really intense meaning in the past where like Laura would totally ghost jobs or I would, my blood pressure would go through the effing roof, you know, like to where it elicited this really big response by being bold and leaning in and getting super uncomfortable here, you can create a new experience, several new experiences over the course of your career to 
reframe that to know that not all confrontation leads to fiery flames. Sometimes it leads to resolution and healing and a really solid foundation. So, um, yeah, just, just know that it, it can get easier. It can get better. And, um, yeah, that there's a lot of potential for it to not always be a war zone right at the end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Some of my pr- proudest moments as a CEO of a, of a successful company, which is bizarre to even say out loud, <laughs> you know, um, has been in certain moments that I had peace in conflict and peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really proud of that. And that came from all those experiences of, and all the emotions that you work through. So like all the conversations that you have like this, that, that feel uncomfortable, just know that there's a payoff to, there's a piece, there's a payoff. And I love um, that there's, what was that from that podcast that there's peace in the truth or that there's healing in the truth? Yeah. So good. Yep. And so don't avoid it. Don't avoid And that goes for your truth as well, right? So if you have a client that's not playing full out, it's always going to feel better to call them out with love on it than hide from it and ward and like wonder how you can get them to play full out, right? It's more, yeah, way better to just be like, hey, I noticed you're not playing full out. What's going on? Rather than do some like song and dance on how to elicit that conversation. Um, Yeah, but this has been a really good episode. And I think that a really long episode too. (laughs) So thanks for hanging in there with us. Thanks guys. We will see you next Monday. Hang out with us in our free Facebook group. We are at this moment, I think completely sold out from for January mentorship. However, we will open enrollment again after January for March. We do think March will probably sell out in the first six weeks. So if you're one of those nurse coaches graduating in January or know that by March of next year, you want to hang out with us, Uh, go to our website, schedule a call, come hang out in the preceptorship. Um, We'll get you started and would love to have you in our March mentorship. Um, Thank you so much for listening to us. We love you guys and have a great rest of your day. Bye.